0: An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com. After I lost my son, Kathy never really pushed me about the place between here and there. When I talked about it, she listened mostly. And anytime I said it was BS, she she told me she, she would say, Oh, you're so full of it, Steve. You know, <laughs> you'll, you'll come to terms with this. But I remember one time I was walking with Kathy, it was about a year afterwards, and she said, had my son ever tried to contact me? My son's name was Nick. And I thought to myself, wow, this lady's nuts. I really did. <laughs> A lot of things have happened since then, but I, as reading the book, I tend to just discount everything because mm-hmm. I'm an engineer. You know, no, no, it doesn't add up. And so when she asked me, did Nick ever try to contact me? I was kind of pissed. I was kind of outraged. Kathy and I had come close at this time and she was bringing me along slowly, but I was dealing with such an intense grief that sounds so out of the, I don't know. It just sounds very unhelpful, but I've fallen in love with her at this point.
1: Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you you'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Steven Weber and Kathy Plant. I am so excited to talk to both of them because on my way home from Missouri, we listened to, because it's long, <laughs> from Missouri to Colorado, we listened to your audio The Place Between Here and There. And wow, holy moly, what a lot. First of all, I have to say thank you, Kathy, for being on this planet and encouraging him to write the book and get out there and tell his story. It's my pleasure. Oh, good. Yeah. And also thank you for like kind of beating him over the head with signs. I
2: like doing that too. Uh, Too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Steven, you were a motorcycle agnostic, I believe, person prior to your NDE. So Stephen had an NDE and Kathy was there visiting him as her higher self when he had the NDE. So wait till you hear this entire story about how they came together. They are now a couple, but they were not when he had his accident. By the way, my son listened to the story as well, and he would not play his Minecraft or anything else. He wanted, he was fascinated by your story. And he even asked me now like more questions. He knows that I'm interviewing you today. And I said, Do you have any questions for them? He did not because he was he was a little embarrassed. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) but he's been talking about the blue ethers. So we'll get into that. Yeah. He's very he's seven. So he just turned seven. Children Um, alive today are coming in with a
2: lot of awareness.
1: Yes. I know you said that in the book and I totally agree. There's so much that you have said in the book that I agree with both of you. I could probably talk to you guys for days. (laughs) In (laughs) fact, actually we probably have been on the ethers talking for days, but we do need to share your story, Stephen. Please tell everybody how your NDE happened.
0: I'm a biker. I mean, you, you put it very nicely. In fact, I've never heard it put nicely than a motorcycle <laughs> agnostic. I was a biker. I was a tattooed biker. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I love. know
1: you loved like chicken wings and beer and like, yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I still, I uh, still have all my tattoos and stuff. I grew up riding motorcycles. I, I was into it. We had dirt bikes all my life. You would get a paper out and you'd buy a motorcycle. One of the first things you do here on Long Island, where I live in New York. Yeah. And, uh, at the time, there wasn't a lot to do besides ride dirt bikes. So that's the way I lived. I loved riding. One weekend, I was out on Long Island. I was just going for a ride to get some barbecue, a simple, standard thing that people do here on Long Island all the time. Mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, riding out east on the way back. I was coming up to an intersection, and a gentleman in a truck made a left-hand turn and wailed right into the side of me, just wow. t on me yeah. uh, on the side of my motorcycle, threw me off and the lights went out. The next thing is I knew I was flying through the air, going through the clouds. And just as I thought that was going to be it, I started coming down out of the clouds. And I realized I was actually in a helicopter. And I was being airlifted to one of the most premier trauma centers in the United States. Just as dumb luck or (laughs) divine grace (laughs) has it is that uh, I just happened to live next to one of these premier trauma centers, Stony Brook University, that they had this crack staff on staff all the time of doctors who specialize in accidents and trauma surgery. And they were able to land a helicopter right near me. It was an empty school, you know, a big athletic field that they could land the helicopter. And then they went about trying to save my life for the next three weeks I was in this coma. Mm. I was teetering on the verge of life and death for quite some time. the rest of the world i was in my hospital bed to myself you were visiting
1: places
0: (laughs) well i was i was in a different place a place i i later learned to call the place between here and there at first i called it the universe according to steve (laughs) But, but, but as i started to learn more about it and i started to talk to kathy about things and about spirit I began to understand things a little bit more that I wasn't the only person. This wasn't the universe, according to Steve. <laughs> that 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 many people have these NDEs, or or if you like to call them spiritually transformative experiences. That that that, that many people have them, and some of the things that I felt, especially with syncing with the Akashic record or going through life reviews, those are things that I really thought were unique to my experience. But I've begun to learn that the act of passing into spirit is just as real and just as solid as passing into physical incarnation. And that was the beginning of my place and my journey in the place between here and there.
1: We've interviewed many people about the NDEs. It is amazing how there is this life review. I think it's just awesome. I think it's really cool. It also is mind blowing that you can experience, you know, your version of it as well as their version of your interaction with them. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, I do. I do because is that I mean that that's really so important because that is really the duality of life that we discuss in the book the place between here and there about how going through the life review not only does it prepare you for increasing your understanding but But now because that you understand spirit, you look at things differently. It's more than just looking at things differently at the time. You have the physical reason why you're there. Okay, so you're at a schoolyard bike (laughs) and you're you're a kid. So everyone has their reason for being there. Mm -hmm. And So understanding spirit, you understand there are different physical reasons why people are there. And that's just normal life stuff. But then you also begin to understand the second reason, the spiritual reason. There's always the physical reason why we do things, but there's truly a spiritual reason why we do things, why we're learning these lessons, why these lessons are important to us. And that's why so important that life review is, as you talk about.
2: What I think is very validating with Steve having this experience is that because he was not a very spiritual person before, the fact that like, I was read up on, I would read books on NDEs, I would, you know, watch movies about them. He had no knowledge of that. Mm. So the fact that he recanted that same thing without having these preconceived notions in his head, like you could say that you were expecting that. So you construct it in your mind, right? Have that construction. Mm-hmm. So when he comes back at it with that validation, that's like pure. And that's one of many validations we've had.
0: Well, that was really the most important aspect of it with coming to terms because Kathy, as you, as we spoke about in the book, I totally wrote off this experience as mm-hmm. the right. Ubers, it this, <laughs> to, Steve, it took a while of having these long discussions with Kathy and realizing and seeing science and synchronicities and other things to really that this did happen. Right. It was a connection to spirit, and it does have meaning in this life and any life which may come after. Right.
1: Your experience was so detailed and so amazing. And when you're listening to the book, you're like, he seriously still doesn't believe? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. And thank God Kathy was there to be like, no, 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 no. Like, this is real. What you experience this whole life review is something that people go through, the Akashic Record reading. Yeah. That's something. And then visiting with your friends who had crossed over that prior year. Like, these are things that happen almost standard across the board when people have NDs based on the research that I've done, the people that I've interviewed. Thank goodness she was there to be like, no, 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 Steve. (laughs) Let's talk about this. A lot of people don't want to talk about how everything happens for a reason or there is a reason for these things that happen to us. I mean, because there are terrible things that happen to us as humans, it can be hard to have that understanding that it's happening to you for a reason. But like you said, it is for your spiritual growth and that's not always easy. You probably feel like your ND was part of your spiritual growth. I mean, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be, but you know...
0: Well, absolutely. It was it was so much part of the spiritual growth. And I think what Kathy was, was touching on before about I was starting from a zero. <laughs> you know, Basically, as spirituality yeah. goes, yeah. I really was starting from square one with the experience. So in order to receive the messages and the learning that I was going to receive from my life review, I had to go to school first. I really did. It I had nothing to go by. I wasn't seeing pretty clouds and such. It it wasn't like that for me. It was more the the beauty that I saw there was the sense of love, but love more than just the warm and fuzzies. Love as the ultimate meaning of life and the ultimate form of intelligence. I felt this love and this warm embrace all around me. That was the beauty that I felt there. It wasn't so much colors and physical things. It was all a spiritual beauty, which was very, very apparent to me from the get go. When I say I was a zero in spirituality, before I could even get to my life review, they had to teach me the wonders the wisdom of the universe and one of the first ways they went about doing this is not by sitting me down and like saying this is spirituality 101 (laughs) state reading here it wasn't like that the first thing that i was taught was how to see spirit in everybody and everything and that's one of the most fundamental things that we're all connected that we're all part of the same spirit all unique individuals but we're all part of the same spirit just like cells in a body all those cells make up you but each cell doesn't know about you but all the cells make up the consciousness and that's our consciousness and our consciousness all together as one make up that of the creator the Mm -hmm. creator and the creation are one and that's one of the first things I learned and the way that I was taught this was that at first I was in a work-like setting I didn't know I was anywhere else. I thought I was in, it wasn't exactly my, my work, but it was very work-like. I'm a computer guy. So I was interacting with people on a computer basis. And so I was working with people who I haven't seen in decades, but they look just as I remember them and they acted just the way I remembered them. But then I would see the, the same people as older people, as if they aged, but I was still able to recognize them. I would see those same people as if they were children. I would see those same people as I knew as Americans. I might see them as somebody who was Chinese or a different ethnicity. I I began to start seeing them in all different shapes and sizes. And so as I began to see them and still recognize them, it got tougher each time because they got physically very different from the way that I was remembering them. Hmm. But no matter what shape they took, I was able to recognize them. And I got better at it. And what I was being taught was how to see spirit, that infinite part of yourself, your continuation of consciousness, your higher self, that part of you, which is separate than your physical space, that part of you, which comes down to earth in ignorance, to learn, to get new experiences, to learn. So, so, so those were one of the first things that I was taught. And that's how I was taught. It spoke to my own namo gudev namo. That's Sanskrit for I honor the inner teacher inside of you. And really what that's saying is, is that you don't learn from people's words, from reading. You learn through your experiences. And mm-hmm. what those teach you is it's your inner teacher. You speak to the inner teacher. You don't bark things at people you appeal to their inner teacher. And that's what they taught me there is they taught me how to learn through seeing things and feeling things and getting bigger concepts from the things that I learned and felt. So, so this is when I had to go through first in order to really get the most out of my life review. Part of the life review is going through it once you have this wisdom of living through it once. But really to have that spiritual awareness with me to go through my life review, that really ensured that I really got the most out of it. And what I began to realize with going through this life review is some of the most difficult experiences in my life were the ones that brought me the most bliss and peace in that place, because I came to terms with things. I understood. You said like everything happens for a reason. Yes. And that reason is the experience in and of itself Hmm. to be experienced with these things. Because when I was in spirit, I was able to understand my level of awareness was so great, but it prevents you from learning new things because you don't make those mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to come down in earth in ignorance to make those mistakes, to learn, and to add it to that spirit. Being able to overcome those difficulties in life and realize that they're all part of your spiritual path. This is all part of what that life review is about, is to really understand and get the most out of your experiences and truly to be able to learn why you're here and to grow through your awareness. Because that, in fact, is the meaning of life, is to gain spiritual awareness through your experiences. When you don't resolve them, they cause blockages. And it's through the life review that you relieve those blockages because you understand why things have happened. Because you can look back at your life review, at least I could, then having the experiences of having my awareness raised, that I was able to see more and get more out of the life review. And that's really the key to relieve those blockages because those are the things that stop you from really understanding the true meaning of the experiences which you've had.
1: So do you think that helped you to heal because you didn't have those blockages after doing the review?
0: Where it really came into play was later on. I lost my son Yes, uh, from a drug overdose. Beautiful 20-year-old 20, 20 son, beautiful boy.
1: Very talented,
0: very talented state championship and wrestler musician, just a wonderful kid, just got caught in a bad stream of life. It really helped me come to terms with understanding no way are you prepared for anything like that, but understanding that there is really truly, there is something beyond what we're experiencing here and now that there is a life, that there is a meaning, that there is a continuation of consciousness. And really be able to understand that helped me to be able to come to terms and with Kathy's help, because it really was the key in losing my son.
1: It was a it, year after your accident, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a lot.
0: It, it was that that began, really began that conversation. Because after I came out of the experience and I, I came out of the coma and I was beginning to adjust and reacclimate myself to physical existence and come to terms with things, Kathy and I, I I really stopped talking about the place between here and there. I kind of put it out of my mind because it was more of a, it was more of a physical therapy is that I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit up. I really had to start from scratch. And Kathy, who was halfway between Sergeant Slaughter and Mother Teresa, (laughs) she she, kind of like pushed me really hard, but also was very kind and caring at other times when I seemed to Mm -hmm. like need it the most. She, she always had a good intuition about her. And, uh, and I remember after I lost my son, Kathy never really pushed me about the place between here and there. When I talked about it, she listened mostly. And anytime I said it was BS, she she told me, she, she would say, oh, you're so full of it, Steve. You know, eventually <laughs> you'll, you'll come to terms with this. But I remember one time I was talking with Kathy it was about a year afterwards, and she said, had my son ever tried to contact me? My son's name was Nick. And I thought to myself, wow, this lady's nuts. I really did. <laughs> A lot of things have happened since then, but I as reading the book. I tend to just discount everything because mm-hmm. I'm an engineer. You know, no, no, yeah. it doesn't up. I tended to discount everything. And so when she asked me, did Nick ever try to contact me? I was kind of pissed. I was kind of outraged. Kathy and I had become close at this time and she was bringing me along slowly, but I was dealing with such an intense grief. That sounds so out of the, I don't know, it just sounds very unhelpful, but I've fallen in love with her at this point. And so I just kind of smiled and nodded and said, no, no, but she happened to have a statue of St. Teresa with her. And that's a Catholic saint. I'm I'm Catholic, but I'm I'm a Christmas and Easter Catholic.
1: Yeah, (laughs) me um, too. (laughs)
0: And and so she just happened to have a statue. And she said, let's put this statue next to this tree here. And I brought a magic marker. She picked up a rock and she wrote a little prayer to Nick. And she put it next to St. Teresa underneath the tree. And what what was it? I didn't think anything of it. And then a few days later, we come back. There's like 50 rocks there. People had written all uh, prayers and stuff to their own prayers. Some people just said, make me happy or peace and happiness. Some people wrote heart-wrenching prayers and that was one of the first, you mentioned healings, that was one of the first healings that I started to have because it was it was having that experience that I realized that I wasn't alone in the world, that no matter how much I felt my pain was torturing me, is that other people, everybody experiences these things. It kind of like reminded me of the Sting song, Message in the Bottle, where he puts his message in the bottle and casts it out into the ocean, hoping somebody will find his bottle and save him. Mm. But really. 10,000 bottles show up on the shore <laughs> and I really realized that you're not alone. And to some people that may make you feel like, Oh, nobody cares, but it was just exactly the opposite. I realized like I felt that connection that I felt in the place between here and there, that all of a sudden I didn't feel alone. I felt connected with everybody.
2: Mm.
0: And that was one of the first real, real healing moments because like when I first came out of the coma, like I was in this place and there was so all these interactions and I really didn't see too many people who were alive, but I did feel this one spirit. This one lady was praying all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt it. I felt it. I heard little things of what she was saying, but really it wasn't the words. It was the feeling. It was the energy that those prayers were generating. It wasn't that, that it was. she was saying our fathers or St. Jude, although she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that. It was the energy that I felt. I felt this love. And I felt this, this, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't the prayer. It wasn't that somebody, a consciousness beyond us was saying, okay, Kathy didn't pray enough yesterday, but today she prayed enough, so I'm going to make her dream come true. No. <laughs> it was the love, the true love, that this energy was just, the the prayer was just the road it traveled on.
1: Yeah, and one of the other NDEs, a woman experienced prayer as uh, musical notes coming towards her that healed her. That's it, yeah, That yeah. is
0: very similar. And so when I was in this place, I felt that energy, but it wasn't until I woke up in the hospital that I knew mm-hmm. who that person was. Mm. And as soon as I knew who that person was, I was tied up in my hospital bed. I couldn't move. You know, I was <laughs> I was just tied up. I couldn't do anything. But as soon as I was able to get my phone, I texted this person and I thanked them for visiting me when I was out, out, if you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that <laughs> was
1: Kathy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was praying. That was me. But at the time, we were just friends. Mm-hmm. So my prayer wasn't like bring my love back to me. My prayer was this guy has beautiful children this guy is at the time i mean he was uh, on the school board he was a member of the political party in our town he was like kind of a big deal just like yeah. biker persona he was like almost the mayor of the town so my prayers were, like when when i found out he had gotten into the accident we were very close friends that was crushing you know i thought like how how does this this guy, like, how could he disappear? he He's needed on this earth for, for the community, for the family, and for me, like my friend. He was my confidant because, I, you know, when you don't have many male friends that don't eventually want to become more. Mm-hmm. But he just always had that professionalism about him that I felt safe. Mm. I didn't see him as a threat to me. So I was able to talk to him and become very close. So I didn't want to lose that. So I would just like God, like Jesus, St. Jude, everyone just come and help. And every day I said, I'm not allowed to go into the ICU because we're not, I'm not next of kin. So I did prayer. I am a fervent believer in prayer. I've all my life felt a connection to saints and angels and had many affirmations that my prayers were heard, like startling affirmations. So I knew that when he was in that, position he would hear me because he wasn't on earth he was in spirit mm-hmm. so I was saying these prayers every day and you know week turned to two weeks turned to three weeks and I, I was like Steve pretend I'm in the hospital room with you and I'm holding your hand and we're saying a prayer to St. Jude the patron saint of helpless causes because he was helpless at that <laughs> moment three weeks later I get a text in the middle of the night that says, hi, cat. it's Steve. I'm okay. I want to thank you for visiting me when I was out out. If you know what I mean, it's like, like, of course I know what he meant, but like, it was shocking to me because I've had communications with my deceased loved ones and saints and angels and they validate me in signs, but he came back from yeah. that place and I, to my knowledge, that's never been documented in any book or any story, or any movie that I saw. So I was shaking like, oh, my God, yes. And so I texted back and I said, you mean, you know, and then he said, well, let's just say I've been to a place where I know that everybody is connected, but that you and I have a connection that goes beyond this world. I heard your prayers and I want, I want I learned things.
0: Well, I guess And don't. I want to
2: talk to you about it. So, I of course, like he said, after he came to, it was more of a physical rehabilitation rather than a mental, spiritual rehabilitation. So it took a while for him to tell me those things. But we would take long walks in his rehabilitation process. And then these little bits of things will come out. And I was putting them all together. I was like, wow. You know, this and, is amazing.
0: And I was disregarding them all because right. actually, all these little bits, putting it together and understanding, I was dismissing all every one of those things. And I was bits. learning a
2: good punch in the shoulder, like, come on.
0: She, she, she punches <laughs> like a man. I'm telling you. <laughs> this lady is uh, You
2: need it. You needed it. <laughs> Yeah, you were so
1: stubborn. I couldn't believe how stubborn. The signs anymore. were there, like I consistently. Know.
0: It was it was so true because coming up to the one year anniversary of my son's passing, Kathy had spoken to a friend of ours and got a prayer card for Saint Teresa. We had a little um, statue Saint Teresa that we started that prayer. <laughs> we, 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 we called it a Woodland Saint Teresa shrine, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was quite a thing. All of our neighbors knew about it and people would send us pictures of it all the time. And so the one year anniversary, we we went back to the shrine to lay this card that someone had gave us a St. Teresa's mass card. And we looked down at the St. Teresa's mass card and we look on it and it says St. Teresa's birthday is the same day as my son's birthday, January 2nd. And then we take a look on the card that St. Teresa's canonization day, that's the date that she was made a saint or really sits with God. Mm -hmm. And that was the same day that my son died, May 17th. Mm -hmm. And so my my son has these two unique days with St. Teresa, birthday and the canonization day. And then Kathy had that statue. And then the psychic had told us afterwards that without knowing this, that Nick had a synchronicity with St. Teresa. And that he was trying to communicate to us, but Pighead Stephen wasn't listening. <laughs> what we later come to understand is that he was reaching food to Kathy to try to communicate. Because
2: listened.
0: Because she listened. <laughs> and we were re- receiving these roses for like two weeks every day in the middle of winter. And Kathy would hold these roses and says, look, I found a rose. And I would say, Kathy, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, just flowers on the road. And she's <laughs> saying, but... They're not supposed to be here. I said, it's the middle of winter. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. But what what, what happened with the roses?
2: So what happened was we would find them everywhere we went. I would have dreams of roses at certain places. And I'd go to that place and I'd find a rose. Like it was almost seven prophetic dreams. And I would tell him, I said, there's something to this because it's the anniversary of Nick's passing. And we created a St. Teresa shrine. And we're getting roses. And the the whole saying with St. Teresa is when you pray to her, ask for a rose, and she gives you a rose. A little flower. the little flower. She's the little flower of Jesus. So I was saying, like, we're getting roses every day, everywhere we go. This is something. This has something to do with Nick. And he was like, oh, come on. People just, you know, they get flowers. They leave them behind. I said, I've never found roses every day for two weeks. I said, have you? You know, he said no, but it wasn't until his cousin went to a psychic that said Nick was sending the roses because he wanted you to know he has a synchronicity with St. Teresa. So he was validating the shrine. He was validating that. So all this was coming together. And I mean, it wasn't really until he saw the canonization date that he says, you know, Kat, maybe there's something to this. And I was like. (laughs) You know, like that, it took so long, but that was it. And once that moment happened and he validated that in his mind, then all of a sudden, all these other synchronicities come. Because once you you come to that awareness and you open that spiritual door just to crack and the light comes in, it just pushes it right open and then more stuff happens. And then mm-hmm. everything opened up for him.
0: See, I think that that's really important because that after my son first passed, is that a local psychic, very beautiful, Angela Blanchett, just the angel of love and light. She has so much work with autistic children and she's such a beautiful lady. I just love her so much. She
2: was the psychic that gave that message, but she gave us the prayer card. And, and for, for so long, she knew him. She didn't oh. know his story, but she, she was receiving messages that she said what well, to him. And he kept saying, I don't want to hear them. Hmm. Yeah, and I did.
0: I was saying, I don't want to hear them because I thought it was going to be all BS. I thought it was going to be one of those standard things about, about a psychic says, oh, well, they miss you. And, this. I, I, and I felt it was too soon. I really know from my place between here and there, I was becoming in tune with it. Because I know you need time. It can't be all of a sudden. You're adjusting to your new reality in this place. And so to be connected, at least I just felt it was too soon. But I also felt when Kathy asked me, did my son try to talk to me, I felt like that wasn't the way to connect, like, like at least not in the way that I was thinking of. Like if I was going to go to a clairvoyant and they were going to speak to me, I know from my experiences already from, from, from Kathy and I going to different psychics is that some are very, very real and very truthful. Some are still learning their craft. I can mm-hmm. mislead you. And so I wasn't willing to like sit down with somebody and have them do that because I was still wrapped up in my emotions,
2: mm-hmm. but it
0: wasn't until I think Nick figured this out because he started to realize, at least I think so, or I realized that he was going to communicate through signs and synchronicities, not from somebody going for me, going to a psychic and them channeling Nick, it was easy. He was going to talk directly to me in a way that he knew how, or at least he knew that I would understand. And a perfect example of this is that is that when Kathy and I were writing this book, the, the this whole crazy health crisis was going on in the country. Mm-hmm. And we we're very afraid. And so Kathy and I would walk down to the beach by us and we would do affirmations. And Kathy would pray to
2: St. Germain,
0: the violet flame, and she would ask for global healing. So first off, if it wasn't for Kathy, things would be a lot worse in the world. So I just want to get that out. <laughs> And so after doing these affirmations, she would ask for, to St. Germain for a sign that he heard her. We, we collect beach glass. You know, it's, it's this plastic flows up on the beach. And so Kathy asked for a piece of violet beach glass as an affirmation for St. Germain hearing her prayers, her affirmations. And so we looked all day. This thing is like rarer than hen's teeth. You'll never find violet beach glass, almost ever. You know, once in 10 years, we, we found some. We didn't find any this day. So Kathy was very disappointed. We're walking back and we see this little Dalmatian puppy. The Dalmatian, like little black and white spots all over it. Mm-hmm. And so it's jumping all over. <laughs> you know, all <whole> stupid <laughs> doggy stuff. But owners apologizing up and down. And so we ask, what's the dog's name?
1: I know, I remember from the book.
0: <laughs> Violet.
1: Yeah.
0: And so uh, Violet's Spark. <laughs> no, no. So Violet. And it was like such a wild moment, like in the sense, like Kathy was still upset about a beach glass. So as we were walking away, I'm saying she's saying, oh, my beach glass. I'm like, Kathy, the dog's name's Violet. <laughs>
1: you, <laughs> so you finally caught on. <laughs> but,
0: but the real truth of it is, is that I'm like, Kathy, that wasn't it. That wasn't the sign. There's something more to this you have to get rid of the wow factor so many times at least with me with signs and synchronicities I was so busy like wow oh isn't that cool woo woo sonic. I didn't take the moment to really realize what that sign was trying to tell me and I said to Kathy I said we have to find this lady we have to find out why we met roll it back two weeks later we see the lady walking on the beach Kathy goes running up to her, tells her the story. The lady, Kathy thought the lady would think we were crazy, but she didn't. (laughs) She loved it. And she lost her son too. Mm. As a young child, uh, same age as my son. Wow. That's why. Because we became friends. and We began to talk about things. And at first I thought I was helping her, but we're actually helping each other. Mm -hmm. And so often with those things, with energy exchanges is an equal exchange of energy. Whenever you have these interactions with people, so often when you go to help somebody, so often you're really helping yourself because so many times with these exchanges, it really is an equal exchange of energy. And that's the way my son was able to talk to me by using signs and synchronicities, by not going through a psychic. That just works for us because I love psychics. I go to them all the time, mm-hmm. but in this way, And so so I just want want, want to share with with you the the meaning of these signs and synchronicities and the way that spirit can communicate with with us. Because in our book, we go over detailed lessons that we learn from the, the place between here and there. And one of the most valuable lessons we learned is that communication between the physical and the spiritual world is possible And it's more than just a wow thing. It really is not to spare you from pain and anguish, but to help you with guidance to make it through those difficult times of pain and anguishes. Because now I have my spirit guides (laughs) to help me. I never believed in spirit guides at all. And it wasn't until that that I was in the place between here and there and I was given all these experiences that I would sit at the end of every day, and I use the term day very loosely because there are no days, it's it's very different. It's all Mm -hmm. about experience. I would sit and watch the sunset with these two fellas who I knew from my town. John, he suffered from diabetes and he like did the readings in church. And whenever he did the readings in church, he was like the voice of God. He was like, and Jesus said, the whole house was <laughs> shake. And, and, and then Joey, he was, he was just, just a piece of work. He was a great guy. He laughed and joked. He was a character. He had a broken neck. He had dove in the water as a kid and broke his neck. And I would sit and watch the sunset in this place with them. And I realized after a while that they had both passed and that they couldn't be here. And I didn't understand why they were here. And finally I asked them why they were here and they were here to make sure that I was all right. And I didn't understand that because I felt fine. (laughs) It wasn't until I was here with Sergeant Slaughter and Mother (laughs) Teresa here that I realized they didn't mean there, they meant here. They were there here to make sure I'm gonna be all right here. They were my spirit guides. John, he he had an infection in his leg that took his life. My leg was all mangled. I had infections in my leg that was threatening my life. Joey had a broken neck. I had a broken neck in the accident. And these were the things I was going to have to recover from. And it wasn't that they were hanging over my shoulder saying, Stevie, one more push-up, one more push-up. I mean, that was Kathy's job. <laughs> but I felt their energy in the same way I felt Kathy's energy when she was praying. Like I felt that energy. I felt that prayer. That was the same energy I felt from them. I didn't hear them saying one more push-up, Steve. It was almost like a surety of outcome. I felt like this was my path I was following. This Mm -hmm. is what happened. This This is this. I have to see this. This is the path that I'm going down. I'm up for it. Bring it on. Mm -hmm. That's what they gave me. They gave me that strength. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, you did an amazing job of recovering. I mean, the doctors were even shocked at your recovery and everything that happened afterwards, you know, like just regaining your strength, regaining your mental faculties and everything. Well, um, well, well Kathy <laughs> will argue
0: with, with you. She still says, some of the mental <laughs> <don't like> it.
1: <laughs> It's all good. So, wow, there's just so much here. I want to just mention the blue ethers is a comparison to those worlds that you were visiting, right? Some other person has said that there's blue ethers and there's what, six of them?
0: Five, yes.
1: Five of them. And you visited the first three, is that correct?
0: First two, I think.
1: Okay. Because I kind of look, wait, so first it was, hold on a second, don't talk. It was like the bar, (laughs) right? Is it the bar? (laughs) So I love how they were speaking to you in, in your language. And by they, I mean, like the universe, so, like, God, universe. I, you know, everybody was conspiring to like oh. reach you at your level. I also, I have to say my son thought it was hysterical that the children wouldn't listen to you. Um, <laughs> 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 he was like, well, I don't understand why they weren't listening. I'm like, well, that's what happens. So anyway, so you'll find if you listen to the book, you'll find out all the different things that he was trying to do when he was in these worlds watching the sunset. I felt like was another world or do you not think that was another world? I felt or another setting, I guess.
0: Yeah. Another setting, but it's like things, everything goes on at once. Like all the reality go on at once and there's different reality forks. And that was one of the reality forks. And it was real. It was real as real can be. I feel so much. I sent a letter to both of their spouses. after. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. One person didn't respond, but the other person, I gave them the book and stuff and they just, you know, everybody reacts differently. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a different spot for, for everybody.
1: Right. Yeah. Some people aren't ready to handle that kind of information. My son was just saying how you, part of the message that you were delivering was that you weren't ready to become like enlightened fully, like you weren't ready to leave this body. Right. So you came back to earth. You, you failed. (laughs) Yeah. My son was like stuck on this whole like idea that you failed. And he's like, well, what if I fail? And then he was like, did Jake fail? So we lost our dog right before COVID. And he's like, did Jake fail? Yeah. So he's trying to understand all of it. And so I was trying to answer his questions as best as possible, but he's, he's pretty easy just to say something very neutral. And he's just like, oh, okay.
0: I have a message for him.
1: Oh, please tell me.
0: Okay. So, so part of the people who haven't read it, read the book as part of this five blue ethers, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a little bit, but I was given a test and I was to shepherd these young souls into their next human incarnation. And I, and I failed at that because I failed to recognize them as spirits. Because I was taught all this stuff about spirit and my first chance to use it, I failed. I just recognized them as kids. And that was such an important lesson as, as like less than us on some way. Mm. And that's why they wouldn't listen to me because I didn't see them for really who they are. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the experiences in that place that I learned from. I learned through this failure. In the end, the kids made it. And so sometimes the same lessons are learned in failure that are learned in success. Because if the purpose of the situation is to learn the lesson, whether it's success or failure, if you learn your lesson. Mm -hmm. So, So, like for instance, you could be successful and it could just be dumb luck. You didn't learn a lesson. You could be unsuccessful and it could be just dumb luck. You could learn the same lesson from mistakes and failures. So when you are in a failure situation, don't allow that to be a blockage because that prevents you from learning. Mm. You've already paid the fee. You might as well learn the lesson, Mm -hmm. especially if it's been failure because you've learned the lesson, you paid the fee. And so if there's one lesson, I would, one (laughs) bit of wisdom I could speak to his and a teacher is that truly with success and failure, you can learn the same lessons. It's your regret. It's your sadness that prevents you from doing that. That's what creates blockages.
1: Right. Cool. I'll share that with him. And um, the doggy
2: is up there,
0: which is
1: nice doggy, to know.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh um, yeah. The dog. Yeah. That's what I said. Cause he was, you know, then of, of course he said, I miss Jake. And I said, well, you're going to get to see him when, you know, you cross over. And it's scary to say that to a seven-year-old, but he's so advanced about certain things that he he doesn't find it uh, weird. <laughs>
0: Well, right. well, my mom says the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we definitely talk about things like actually when we were listening to your audiobook, we expected that he was just going to do Netflix or Minecraft or anything else. And then he kind of like lifted his ear to be like, what are they listening to? And I knew it was energy that was drawing him to it. And, and my wife was like do you think he should really be listening to that? I'm like, it's, I checked in and I was like, it's okay. He can listen. The only time that we turned it down was when your son had passed. We didn't know how he had passed and how old he was. So we immediately turned it off, said, go ahead and watch your, you know, Netflix or whatever. And so we listened and we were like, it's okay. That was about the only thing that we edited out from him hearing. But it was kind of funny. Like we were trying to handle our air conditioner broke and we were trying to handle somebody coming to the house. So we'd have to stop every once in a while. And he's like, well, just, I'm going to listen to Netflix, but as soon as you guys start listening, please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a 14 hour trip. And I have to say, like, I'm I'm sure you're aware of this, but words sound have energy and frequency. And I, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that we've received some sort of healing by listening to your book the two of us, both Fen and I have been going back and forth talking about how different we feel at home right now than we ever have after leaving and coming home and how we are sort of going through this phase of like, we just want to get rid of everything that like is extraneous, like anything that would be, yeah, yeah, it's not serving us. So I think that there was some sort of like healing that was attached into what we were listening to. And we're still integrating it, but that's what, how it played out for us. Cause we've also done a lot of work, you know? So I think spirit was just kind of like, it's time to start letting go of some of these things that you don't need. And we do that generally pretty often, but now it's like, I went, into our house. And I was like, this house is huge. We don't need it. We don't need anything in it. <laughs> it was really weird. I was like, Whoa, roll this back, Amy.
0: <laughs> I feel that. No, I, I understand that, that, that connection between this physical world. You want the things around you that are going to be able to take care of your regular physical existence, but, but it's the, this other stuff, these things that don't serve you that require so much of your effort to maintain, to take care of, to, to have in your, your life, but they really aren't part of any of the things you value. They're just extraneous.
1: Yeah. And I actually think that the air conditioner even went out just to help me not come home and get right back into routine of feeling comfortable. Like and oh, so like I I I was so hot on our camping trip. Even though we have AC, it just doesn't work that well in our camper. All I wanted was to come home and just like have a night of not sweating or, you know, whatever, just feel comfortable. <laughs> sure. well, and then it was broken and it can't get fixed for a week. And I'm like, there's got to be a reason for this. Like I, <laughs> I actually almost started crying when I heard that it was broken. And I was like, no, but I didn't. <laughs> <work>. <laughs> oh,
0: that's great.
1: Yeah. 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 So I, I appreciate everything that you've done in terms of sharing your story. And I know it wasn't easy for you to really come to terms with it all, but so how has your life changed now? I know I kind of have an idea based on the book and like things that I've read about you, but what is different now other than uh, the obvious?
0: Well, some things are very different and some things are the same, but but, but what, what I want to share with you is the role that spirituality plays in my life now. Is that it's not my life that I'm a guru that I sit there and oh, you know, all, all day long, although I like to do that every once in a while, but it's about life, it's about living life experiences are everything in that place. They're the only things you take with you. And it's what you learn from it. It's what fuels that awareness, that growth. And if there's any bit that I've learned from this is to experience life. Don't sit there and wallow over bad things that have happened, or the regrets in your life. We all have regrets in life and things that we wish we did differently. But the real wisdom is that is to learn from that. And that's really the key is to live life. Try not to hold uh, hate or animosity towards yourself or other people to learn, to experience, to laugh, to cry, to take risks, to be cautious, to live life it's one thing to be a guru and sit on the mountain and eat three blades of grass every day or rice or whatever. <laughs> and for some people, fine, that's their mission in life. Mm-hmm. But for most people, no, it's the laugh. It's the cry. It's the love. It's the, do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's everything. It's everything to experience it. And that's what, what, what I've learned. The more spirit plays in my life, the more I rely on it. Even in business, I'm a computer guy. And so, and so it's like like, even when I'm in a business meeting, I will sit in a room with 12 people. First things I do is I'll try to read everyone's spirit. I'll try to get in contact with them, not to be a voyeur, not to look in someone's dresser drawer to see things I'm not supposed to see. <laughs> but to understand where they're coming from. Why are they here? In the same way that the Life Review taught me that everyone had different reasons for being there, why is everyone else here? But not in finding that out to manipulate them, but really to find that out, to be able to find the ultimate solution for everybody there that will lift everybody up because that's truly, not because I'm such a wonderful person, but because that's truly the way to do it. That's truly the beauty and the love. About when, when we say that love is the ultimate intelligence, That's what I mean by in reading people and using these spiritual skills. It's not to exploit, it's to find that love, to find that connection, to use all of those powers that you have, that we all have as spirits to connect with each other, just as I connected in those other places, to understand them, to bring solutions that elevate this world and any other world or any other reality that surrounds us.
1: So when you say you, you see people's spirit, I, I know for myself, like I couldn't really put a finger on like what it is that I see, but I've always seen people as spirits. I've always just related to people, and I didn't understand why people were being mean because just we're all spirits yeah. and we're just learning, right? You know, and like I don't know any more than you do, you know, <laughs> we're, or maybe yeah. you do, and then I should listen. But I'm I don't yeah. know that I that you know more than me. I just have to figure that out. How would you say you see spirit?
0: Okay. I'm trying to think of a way because it's such an intuitive thing. When I was shown people in different shapes and sizes, like what is there about somebody that uniquely makes them you, that you could see them no matter, you see a picture of them, no matter what stage in life, there's an energy, a life force energy. If you're looking to see an aura, that's not what I'm seeing. If you're looking to see anything, that's not what I'm seeing. It's like an energy. I could feel your presence. Somebody walks in the room with with you. You were alone. Now somebody's there. Even if you didn't hear them, you could feel their energy in the room. That's one of the first signs to begin to connect to. Those are one of the first things that begin to you begin to sense that. In the same way I developed it by seeing other people in different shapes and sizes, I can still recognize them. There are different ways to see this spirit here in the same way. So if I was to answer your, your, your question in a very long-winded way, mm-hmm. is that it's an energy. It's more than seeing the spirit. It's that energy you feel. And the more I feel the energy, then I see the aura. See, see, it's it's through that energy. These other things are descriptors. The energy is the center.
1: So it's more of like a, a feeling or a knowingness that you get.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like a feeling, it's like a knowingness. It's like, okay, how do you know your child is upset or your spouse is upset? You could see something, but even if you didn't see anything, mm-hmm. you could
1: just feel you it. Just know it, yeah
0: you just know it. And so, and so those are things because you're a parent, you're very clued to, to, to that. So that's one of the things you can relate to very quickly, or you're in a one-on-one relationship you can relate to very quickly. But with those, that that's one of the first steps to really see in spirit, because once you can see spirit, everyone can. And when I say spirit, I mean sense, I should use the word sense. And then all of a sudden your life starts changing because you understand someone may say something that's awful, but you see their spirit You you read their energy and you all of a sudden, no, that's just a reaction to something else that's going right, on. Right. Right. You know you, you know, you start to see things deeper. You start to see why people do things because you're no longer operating on that physical plane anymore. You're operating on this plane, not mm-hmm. Here, playing on this, and so now you're seeing what's going on behind,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so that's what that being able to see spirit, you could see spirit and say, and walk around to people say, oh well, Aunt Joy is trying to tell you something. You know, you you, you could do that stuff with like the the Long Island so and so medium does. <laughs> that's one way, and that can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But really, you have it in yourself, not to read and tell people's fortunes and things, but to use that as your own guidance. That's one of the things Kathy and I talk about a lot.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very important for the average person whether or not you are trying to make this like a career or something like that. I'm saying just when I say average, I mean like anybody who's not trying to make a career out of this to use spirit and use energy in their daily life to sense the boardroom or, you know, the next opportunity or the next invention or, Filling a hole where you know there's a need, you know. So you're you intuitively already know. In fact, a lot of times I do this. I, like if I am thinking I need something, I'm like, well, I've already in the future gotten it. <laughs> so what is yeah. the thing that I need? So I go there and I'm like, okay, what does that look like or what does that feel like, and bring it back. And actually, it's funny, my. I've, so, so silly. I should, you know, sometimes we have so much guidance that comes through us that we, we can discredit it. Last night at dinner, I, my son was going to baseball camp and I said, I don't want to hear it at Eight thirty, you know, where are my shoes? Like, you know, I didn't know I needed to go. And so we were going over the whole schedule because he's obsessed with time almost eight thirty comes around and he's like, I don't know where my sneakers are. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know.
2: <laughs> sure <laughs>
1: enough. I, that was my key last night when I was like doing that whole thing. Cause I, I felt this, if I, when I review time, I felt this outside of my body, looking at my body being like, that was a message, Amy. And I had told my, my partner, I said, I know I'm going to forget something in the camper and I don't know what it is because we take the camper, we put it away, you know, like it's only 15 minutes away, but it's a pain in the ass to go over there and get some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, his shoes are in the camper. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, those was on the way to baseball camp. So they were able to swing by. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I hope his, his sneakers are in the camper because if they oh, go there oh, oh, and it's oh, not, oh. he's going to be late. But, you know, we're always getting that intuition and that guidance, you know, as we're flowing through us. And in fact... We were on vacation. We were at this pool area, and it was the end of the day. And at, you know, it's the end of our trip. And I even said to my wife, "I'm like, I'm getting a little sloppy. Like, I normally know where everything is, and now my brain's getting muddled, and I'm so tired. I've been sweating so much. <laughs> like, I don't know where I'm at, I'm moving all the time." So I put my stuff down. I went to go get my son from the pool, and then as I'm walking away, I was like, "Did you hide your phone? Like, put like something over my phone so that nobody could just like swipe it easily?" I hear in my head, "Go back." fix it. So I turn around, I go back. There was a kid that was trying to steal my phone right then and his, yeah. And his sister was like telling him to steal it. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to do this. And I caught them in the middle of this argument of like, Who was going to take my phone? So it's important to always be listening, you know, and get, when you get that intuition, turn your butt around, you know, pay attention. So, and, and that thankfully happened a lot during our trip. And I usually am good at listening, but like I said to you guys, when we started, you, you needed a minute to get ready. And I was like, please, (laughs) I have been unloading, doing laundry and everything. I don't even know where anything was. In fact, I came down to my office and I'm like, well, uh, where's my mic? (laughs) I <laughs> gotta, gotta oh. figure that out.
0: <laughs> Parents understand each other. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My guy's little years are older. And oh. I know it doesn't end. But anyway, oh. it's been <laughs> such a pleasure to talk to you both. Do you have anything else that you want to share with the audience about spirituality or growth? Yeah, and- we have a,
0: we're, we've got a second book. Oh, yeah.
1: Called. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's called Lessons Learned Between Here and There. And it's the second book. And so what we're doing is we're taking a look at, at the lessons that we learned through the whole process of being in the place between here and there, and then how they apply to life. And so we've outlined 12 lessons having to do with... with I the- had a
1: feeling the- that... Yeah. <laughs>
0: And so we're working on putting this together. And we're also, like Kathy writes these beautiful meditations. And so we're also including more of our meditations in our books as well, both recorded and uh, written words. And so our meditations are more than just, uh, I mean, every meditation is beautiful, but our meditations have a purpose. It guides you to a relaxed state of being. But then once you're in this relaxed state of being, the next step is to take your collective consciousness and bring it out there, and combine together, and bring good in the world. Mm. And that's so much of what her meditations do. And so when, when when Kathy and I we work on the books together, we work on our spirituality together, and everything is like a a work of who we are and all of our discussions. But the way Kathy writes this narrative is just beautiful. And even in this new book that we're working on, a place between here and there, all of the words and the thoughts are our words and thoughts. But gosh, Kathy just has a way of putting it in in just a light. And just, in fact, she channels me very well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I actually, I saw your list of 12. You didn't say lessons, but I was like, wow, that would make a really good book. (laughs) So I guess I was already getting that information from it.
0: So, we're, so, so we've been working on that for the last uh, few months now. We're looking to get that out for September. Oh, and cool. In, in September, we'll be speaking before the National Alliance. That's an international oh,
1: wonderful. Yeah,
0: association wonderful. of near-death studies. And so we'll be speaking before that group. And so we're very excited about that. But there's also a little bit of apprehension as well, because our near-death experience It's very unlike other people's near-death experiences, although although I I don't don't know a lot about other near-death experiences. I just know what I've picked up. But a lot of it has to do with beautiful clouds and seeing Jesus and, and those types of things, and those are all beautiful. But for me, it was very different. It was a very spiritual experience and having to learn with growth. It was a very prolonged experience. And so, a lot of things that, that people talk about in their near death experiences, there are a lot of things that I have common with other people, but a lot of things that aren't common. Mm-hmm. And, and so, the way that we present it, we uh, just hope people accept it and understand it.
1: I'm sure they would. I have to say, I, every near death person, near death experience person I've interviewed, I love. <laughs> I mean, I just, I connect with them. I mean, I think one of the things that I find so beautiful is that there is a real deep awareness of how impermanent this existence is and how imperative it is that we share our love and we don't take things personally and we just continue to contribute and up level ourselves and others and really just understand from a place of compassion that that person who might be beating you up on the, you know, playground or as a bully is really going through their own thing. And it's really not about you. And oh. I just, I love people who've had near oh. death experiences.
0: <laughs> oh, well, but it, it does put things into perspective. I mean, it really does about valuing the things people will often say, well, well you value life a lot more. And of course I do, but I also understand life more. And that's what brings the value.
2: Yeah, teaches you about the animosity that he spoke about in the book is don't have animosity towards yourself and others, and that's so important because we're all on a different level of spiritual awareness here. So who are we to judge others? But you don't want to judge yourself either,
1: right? Right. I love that you had said that about the non-judgment. Like nobody on the other side is judging you; only you are judging yourself. Yeah. You know, and your progress. And we're too harsh on ourselves very that's often. So true. Yeah, that's
0: so true. People hold themselves in the highest contempt, you know, and they, and they really can, can really take a lot of joy out of life because it's so hard on themselves. You have to forgive yourself and understand yourself. And it's all part of the process. Like we touched on the five blue ethers shortly a, a little while back, and it has to do with this process of, of returning to spirit. And we're all in this process together.
1: Yeah. I love how you had also mentioned in the book, how people come to earth because it's earth school, you know, because it's tough and that's where you're going to learn the lessons the the, the most, you know, is you have to it's have, <laughs> yeah, you have to have some adversity to find out who you really are and how to up-level and heal from it and stuff like that. So that's cool. That's, you know, in line with what I already kind of know and feel and have heard before. And it's just nice to have that validation again.
0: And so in addition to speaking at the IANS and then our that's going to be coming out our second edition is going to be coming out in uh september is like kathy and i we we do in-person workshops and we bring our gongs we have this collection of gongs and we Mm -hmm. do we we call it sound ascension but 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 really what what it is a better way is that we speak of the place between here and there and then we use the sound to help people get in touch with their higher self, their between here and there, their cognitive understandings, their spiritual awareness. So we use meditation in that way. So we traveled around the country and we put on these. Discussions, we, we call them presentations. What we do, the sound journey It's such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And the people who haven't been part of the sound journey, it is really a transformative experience because so many people have trouble with meditating, with clearing their mind because of the mind chatter. And what the gongs do is they enable you to put that out really quickly. You could be a zero on the meditation scale, mm-hmm. sit down and listen to this beautiful sound ascension, and it gets you into that frame of mind where you can clear your mind. That's and nice. So, uh, our, our presentations. Just visit our website between betweenhereandthere.org. We have all the information on there. We're on Amazon. We have a, a book on Amazon. Right. We have audio books. We have it in Spanish. We have a YouTube. Plenty of YouTube videos. Just staying interactive. We're also releasing next week a series of meditations that Kathy and I worked on just very recently, having to do with global healing and child trafficking, and perhaps oh, wow. some of the uh, bills. Uh, that we're confronting in this post yeah
1: thank you you're also on facebook i don't think you mentioned that yes yeah. yes
0: between yeah. here and there on facebook on
1: facebook it's- too cool i'm curious how you guys found me
0: just looking on facebook and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and social media you you have a quite a great following and you you do great work thank and, you uh, and so it wasn't very difficult to find you <laughs>
2: oh,
1: <laughs> okay cool. gotcha All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You both are beautiful lights in this world. And I appreciate you doing your work here and bringing your work to us. So thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. Thank you.